With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Blazers have become just another 500 team. Sad days in Rip City. We're going to talk about it here on Blazer Focus and maybe pick you up. The Blazers Focus podcast is supported by Zoom Care, Beyond Better Healthcare. I am Aaron Fetchers. I cover the Blazers for the Oregonian and Oregon Live, and I'm joined by Craig Bernbach. Craig, how are you? I'm better than that. I mean, gosh. This sounds <laughs> so very sad. Morbid, I know. It's so sad. They are, you know, it's not great. I'm not going to lie to it's you. Not. But... It's not. So I'm in Los Angeles. I watched the Blazers get thumped yeah. last night, 128-109. Expected, given all their injuries. Hari was out, and I see out along with... Lillard, uh, but now, is well. Also, coming off of the blowing the eighteen point lead against the Clippers and melting down in the fourth quarter, they have now lost eight of ten, and they've turned a nine and three record into an 11-11 record. And of all the problems, though, I blame your boy Kelly Coin because he came <laughs> on this boy. show. He he came on this show two weeks ago talking about Western Conference Finals this and Western Conference Finals that, and Shane Sharp's going to be MVP and they're going to forfeit. And now, ever since then, they've been a train wreck. I saw him last night here at the uh, Crypto.com Arena, and I, I told him the exact same thing to his face. I said, "This is all your fault, Kelly. It's all your fault." But in reality, it's not his fault. It's a lot of different things that we're going to talk about here today. But just real quickly, just give me, give me you, give the fans your sense of the overall bigger picture of what we're seeing during this collapse. Wow, you used the word collapse. Collapse. So, I mean, that, I mean I hey, said, you go yeah. from nine and three to eleven and eleven. Oh, your defensive rating goes from one hundred seven to one twenty. You're collapsing. So we do a podcast. All season long. So it's just segments, right? Like segment of the season. Right now, it's bad. And if anyone tries to act like it's not bad, they're lying to themselves. It's bad. Like everything we said um, had to go right for them to be a good team has gone wrong. So they're not a good team. <laughs> Damian Lillard has to stay healthy. <laughs> not healthy. Uh, defense has to be at least mediocre. <laughs> Not mediocre. It's bad. They gave up a, over 125 points to a, a mediocre Lakers team, and I don't care who's on the if, – if that's your team, that's your team. You can't – that is bad. Yusuf Nurkic has to at least live up to the contract. <laughs> Last night he did not live up to the contract. That was bad. Um, we said things like if you're depending on a 19-year-old rookie who hasn't – uh, last played AAU basketball for your team to actually win or lose, you're in trouble. Well, you're in trouble because we're going to talk about the fact that Sharp really needs to contribute or they're not going to win. 
injuries overall, not just Lillard. Well, <laughs> heart out. You know, uh, little out. Um, Pay is still not back. You know, right, not back. Keon Johnson, like, who cared about Keon Johnson? Why well, be like, well, they're going to sure use Keon Johnson right now, you know? So all these things. And can, you know, what's the coaching going to be like with you know, with Billups. Well, at nine and three, we're giving them the coach of the year. Fourth quarter of the Clipper game, we were firing them. You know what I mean? Like it was bad. And I'm not saying we're firing them, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. that is not good. Blowing an 18 point lead to a Clippers team that Norman Powell is killing you. You know, with that's, it's all, that's, there's nothing we, you should be able to say at this point that's good about this segment of the season. Does it mean the rest of the season is over and done? Uh, no, but it means that if things don't quickly bounce back, it's it's gonna and it's gonna trend in the wrong direction. Now that said, eleven and eleven. If you go back to the preview, that's right where I had him, right between seven and ten, right, and and battling for that as we talked about last time. You know, between the forty and you know forty five to you know, high end 47 wins. So they're not that far off. Uh, but at this point in time, until Lillard gets back, I don't know. I don't know how they're not going to be a, a mediocre or worse team. Wow. Well said. I think see how positive I am. Positive I, I, see how positive I think I that was so well said podcast over. Let's just drop the mic and walk off. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're tied for eighth right now. They're actually sitting well, them listed 10th. Uh, but that's only two and a half games out of third, right? So there's still a lot of congestion there in the West. But you start you're starting to see some teams figure some things out. The Warriors, at, you know, they're they're back to their winning ways. They're going to climb back up the standings. Uh, the Kings have won seven of ten. They're eleven and nine now. The Pelicans have won seven of ten. They're thirteen and eight. Like there's some teams making some moves and starting to rise while you are falling apart and you've lost. Two, or excuse me, you've gone two and eight in your last ten. But I do think there's a lot of legit reasons in play here that make it not seem as bad as it is. But at the same time, there's other red flags, like you mentioned, the defense, which you know the defense shouldn't be this bad because Lillard's out. Lillard's not a defensive right. stopper, right? You know what I'm saying? So anyway, we're gonna get into all of that. Get into all that right now, segment by segment. Horrifying part by horrifying part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the injury, the injuries. Are, are the injuries enough of an excuse for what's been happening? Because even on that six-game road trip, they went four and two. A ton of guys missed games on that trip, aside from Lillard, and they still managed to win four games. But now guys are missing games, and they're just getting pasted. So th- there has to be more to it than just the injury. Yeah, and it wasn't enough for the Clippers to lose on the road. <laughs> without know, George, Portland. without Kawhi, without Wall, without yeah. Kennard, I know. So, so like, no. Some yes, some no, right? Against the Clippers, there's no excuse for losing that game. There's none. You certainly can't blame a, a Lillard injury to lose to the team that was playing, you know, as short-handed as they were, down 18 and on the road. Uh, did I think they were going to beat the um, the Lakers last night? No, I didn't. But did I think they were going to get just run over in the you know third and fourth quarter? And did I think they were going to give? I mean, maybe I did, but I, I didn't think did. they. You just you can't, right? You can't. You can't give up over 125 points in a regular, 
regulation and win basketball games in the NBA very often. Right. It's just interesting to me that this team defense again is the problem. Now, last night, Hart being out is huge. Like he's the glue that fills the voids that the things that we love saying, it's all the little things. Well, this is what happens when those don't get filled, right? He, his rebounding on a team that doesn't have great rebounders um, he's the great rebounder. Um, they they don't have a rebounding problem when when Hart plays. Their defense is not always great when he's in it, but when he's not, you can see there there's a problem. Um, and he also just that attitude of I mean, a few times they've been down double figures, and I'm like this season, oh, this game's over. But Hart's like, no, it's not. You know, and he just does stuff and then everyone catches on. So uh, that injury last night, I think, was huge to not not have heart. And I think if he's out, you know, he's got a sprained ankle, so it doesn't look like long term. But, it, you know, from what I heard, you were maybe saw it in the locker room, but I read them things and it looked bad. Oh, yeah. You he know, could barely he could barely walk to the shower. There's no way he was. Gonna right. Play. So that's not a one game. That's yeah. not usually a one game injury. So that that worries me. But no, I mean, the. The, the fact that they are finding ways to lose rather than finding ways to win is worrisome. Yeah, I'm leaning a little bit more toward giving them somewhat of a pass for a lot of it other than the Clippers game. And, you know, after that game, that one just felt different. And I asked Chauncey and I asked Anthony about it. Like, the, you know, you guys have rationalized a lot of things and you know, talked away a lot of problems early on that, that were fair, you know, new team, gelling together, blah, 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 but they were having success. So when they would have a bad night, it would be like, well, we're still working on this. Okay, fine. And turnovers, obviously, issue they're working on, et cetera, et cetera. But that game against the Clippers was just like, what? what is this? What are you guys doing? How, how can you look this bad? The Clippers game, excuse me, the Laker game, and there was no way they were going to win that game. The Lakers have been playing really well lately. LeBron and Anthony Davis, by far the best two players on the court, and they're big. Your weakness is size. And you and two of your best defenders are out. <laughs> well, three counting Peyton, but two that who've been playing. So there was no way they were going to win that game. But big picture wise, we're just seeing a continual erosion of the defense. And Chauncey said last night that yeah, there's been some slippage. And he talked about you know one the injuries, not just losing good defenders, but putting younger guys in who are making mental mistakes in defensive rotations that you're not going to see from the veterans. So. That's legit, again, to a certain extent. But we've seen the starters out there, most of them other than Dame, and Dame doesn't impact defense, and they're still getting run through, right? You know, they're still giving up a ton of points. And you look at their scores, like at one point, I think on that trip, the 4-2 and two trip, I think they allowed 103 points per game, 104, something like that. The last trip, they allowed 108-18. And in the last 10 games, their defensive rating is 120. Whereas prior to that, they were like at about 107, 108 or something like that. So it's just been a complete collapse defensively. And that's why they can't win anything. Because if you're giving up 118 to Utah, 119 to Milwaukee, 114 to Cleveland, I mean, they pulled out the next game because your next game, just, your next team is just brutal. And they just gave it 132 to a Blazers team without Dane. That's embarrassing. But we'll talk about that later. So if you're giving up those kind of points, we don't have <laughs> so to. if you're giving up those types of points and you don't have your best scorer, you are in big, big trouble. So I, I just feel like that this is kind of a scary situation for them right now because if the defense isn't raveling, if other teams are figuring them out, 
then you're really in big trouble because they've shown nothing offensively, even with Dame, to show that they're the same team they were a couple years ago when they could drop 130 or 125 when they needed to to win after giving up 120. I said a lot. So I agree with everything you said, <laughs> except for the the part about the Lakers playing well. I mean, no, the Lakers won, have won eight like, wins. No, they won six out of eight, though. They started out two and ten. Yeah. Four of those wins are against the Spurs. Four. <laughs> and one of them's against one of them's against the Pistons. I mean, like, that's not – okay. I, I hear I'm just saying, like, they beat the Blazers. They lost to the Spurs. They beat the Blazers, lost to the Pacers, beat the Spurs, beat the Spurs, lost to the Suns, beat the Spurs, beat the Pistons, beat the Nets, lost to the Kings, lost to the Clippers, lost to the Jazz. I mean, like, they're, they're not – it's only three wins against the Spurs. I was, uh, But I'm just – you know, I mean, like, we don't know if the Lakers are playing – Better yet, I we see, do know I see your point. that. Well, they're definitely playing better. I'm just saying, like I don't know, maybe, better, maybe. I see your point. I see your point. Yeah, I mean, if you can't beat the Spurs and the the Pistons, you're and the Blazers, you're right now like you're awful. <laughs> Not just. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's just the truth. I know, the Spurs but, are but, terrible. But LeBron and Davis are good. Like, Davis. Yeah, LeBron and Davis are awesome, and they're they played. Pl- they played well, and they ran them over. They scored 128 points. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You can't. It's just so weird. Like the Blazers still in the second quarter scored 40 points. That's you score 40 points in a quarter, you're probably going to win. Oh, but you gave up 42, so you're going to lose. Like that's that's not um that's with any players in the NBA that that can score 40, that means they're capable of enough to not give up 42, right? Mm-hmm. So, um that's that's the part that makes me say, "Wait a minute. Where's this dog mentality? Where's that difference between a Terry Stotts team, right, that we knew couldn't play defense, and a, a a Chauncey Billups team that's supposed to be able to play defense, you know, from 1 to 12. So while I didn't think they could win, that's the part where I go, well, that's that's a mentality thing, right? That's a, that's a thing where if you're able to score 40, that means the players on the court have capabilities. You shouldn't give up 42, but um, – you know, I, it doesn't mean it's not fixable, right? Again, it's 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 game twenty two, and they were nine and three. I do always, you know, mention the fact that professional sports, um, that there's that thing, there's that video that they watch, there's coaches, there's scouting. So sometimes, you know, when they've adjusted on you, you have to adjust on them. And I think that's a lot of what happened with uh, with uh, with Sharp, you know, and now he has to to readjust. I think that's happened a little bit on what Chauncey Billups is doing that the other coaches are right. All right. This is what they're going to do. This is what we'll do. Now you have to adjust. But I, I just don't know how they, the injury part comes in where, well, how can you adjust with what you have? Because the, you know, the bench is really bad right now because they're, they have to play. (laughs) They're not supposed to, right. And they're supposed to, they're playing minutes. Sharps was never supposed to have been a, a, a rotation guy that you had to count on unless something crazy happened. Um, and let's just, we got to talk about it now. Let's go positive here. That put back dunk. <laughs> Holy Mazabata. Oh, wow. What with that? I mean, that was just, that was ridiculous. I mean, that is elite of the elite athletically. I, I don't know. He, not only did he put it back off the rim, he threw it down so hard and so clean, it bounced <laughs> like 40 feet in the air. Um, that was a moment that just made everybody uh, who was watching the game and then on the internet go, oh, wow, who who this, right? Like, 
what was it like in the arena when that, that putback went in? I had the perfect angle for it. Usually in arenas, we're either up like above the 100 level or maybe on the side, 100 level. Very rarely are you courtside. LA, you're courtside, but you're courtside in the end zone behind the basket. And I was behind the basket to the left, like fourth row, basically. And so I was lower than he was. So it looked more, even more aerodynamic the way he went up. But he just came out of nowhere because I'm watching Ant shoot the ball sort of basically directly at me. And it comes off the rim and all of a sudden this this thing comes flying <laughs> into my vision and just grabs the ball and cocks it back and just boom. And I, I you know, there's press row rules, you know, no cheering, right? I went, oh my God. And I looked around and everyone around me, like Brooke Olsen down was like, oh my Lord. Casey Holdall was like, ah. Oh. And I looked behind me and the media behind me were like grabbing each other. Like, you know, people do when they go, oh my God, did you see that? Did you see it? Like everyone was just like, holy crap, what was that? Shape right wherever in your eyes. And they didn't show it again on the big screen, I don't think. Anyway, like, like, did we just see that? So yeah, it was absolutely insane dude is so explosive so i just actually posted a story about that and i did a video and we talked to shaden after the game and he said he's like i needed that basically because he's been playing so poorly and i'm blaming you because you're gonna blame me for ant things that's fine (laughs) but listen to this going into that game over the six previous games he had scored 16 points total on 22 percent shooting that's how bad he had been playing. And it's funny because people kept on Twitter sometimes, they used to be playing sharp more. I'm like, are you not paying attention to the box scores? Plus, he struggles defensively at times. He struggles offensively because he doesn't really understand the systems yet. He's still a little kid, basically, in, in NBA uh, experience-wise. He's literally a Bambi right now. Um, but he said he needed that for his confidence. Like, he, he had been dealing with, you know, some confidence issues, not in his abilities, but just in just being able to handle what he's dealing with. And Billups made the point that, yeah, he started out great, and now guess what? You end up on a scouting report, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And these are grown men in the NBA, and they're like, oh, this kid's putting up some numbers. Oh, he's got some athleticism. We're going to study him and learn his weaknesses and tendencies and things like that and attack him differently, both offensively and dif- de- defensively. And so that's why Billups takes him out at the end of the game. Even the last really good game he had prior to last night, 20 points against Brooklyn, he wasn't in the final few minutes because you just can't trust him to not make critical mistakes. But big, huge, you know, another huge example of his athleticism. Uh, And he did shoot well last night, but they have to have offense from him off the bench because right now the Blazers rank dead last in the NBA in bench scoring at 24.9 points per game. What's interesting, though, is that they lead – and bench field goal percentage. So at least the guys who are playing are shooting well, but they don't have enough guys really to produce what you would want to produce. And that's also hurt or helped along because Lillard's not playing. So if you take 28 points per game out of the starting lineup, someone's got to start in his place and they got to thread those points around and then you have less coming off the bench. So regardless, Shaden, they need Shaden at an effective, efficient 10 to 15 points a night to help that bench scoring. Yeah, and uh, and what when you talk about the bench scoring and the percentages is, first of all, Nasir Little was supposed to be battling for a starting gig, right? And not only is he hurt, but when he, he hasn't played in a way that you, you're like, well, 
he wasn't going to win that battle. Like Hart, it's not even close, right? I mean, right. you couldn't you, the comparison. And so what when you look at it with those numbers, they just don't on a on a Blazers team previously, right? Not throw out last year, you had Simons come off the bench and he could score double figures easy. You know, that was his gig. Right. Norm Powell came off the bench. He had, you know, 32 and 22 and a quarter. I mean, there's usually a guy on a bench in a go- on a good NBA team that you expect to score, that they could score 20. That is the only guy is sharp. And when he scores 20, he's given up 18 probably. I mean, so that's a huge problem right now with this bench is that the, the expectation was that little – uh, was going to come in and provide some of that spark and and maybe on the offensive end, and it's not. Um, so that's struggling. And, you know, back to Sharp, like even, you know, last night he gave us a moment to all remember, but there were two things that stood out to me. One, he made a pass that got picked off that at AAU it probably doesn't get picked off, mm, but it gets picked yeah. off in the NBA every yep. time, and it gets turned into two points. Yep. And then there was another moment when, when – uh, Davis has the ball down low and is going up for an easy one. And he did a little slap foul, you know, like we do on the court and it might stop Thien from making a layup, but Davis didn't even feel it. And Thien's giving me the no, but uh, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But Davis didn't even feel it, went up, laid it in and and it was a two plus one. That's the kind of foul you don't make in the NBA, right? You don't, you don't foul uh, a Davis when he's already in position to make the layup. Uh, and give with a little slap thing. That's not that's stuff he'll learn. Right. Uh, that you can't make that pass in the NBA, and you, you don't. Sometimes, uh, either you foul him hard, or you don't foul him at all, because right. you're just giving that guy an extra point. So um, that's what those are the small details that I can see. Right, a guy that's not <laughs> an NBA coach, so I can't and an NBA player. I can't imagine what else they're seeing. But that's what I worry about, uh, Aaron. When I look at this team, even healthy. Where is that bench support going to come from? Obviously, GP, you know, Gary Payton, you're hoping would come. You didn't, and and he could give you 13, right? If he plays, you know, his normal stuff. But, you know, that that's the worry to me. You didn't bring him in for offense. Um, That the bench, there's just so much uh, dependent on the starting lineup. I mean, I don't know if guys get tired because I've never been an elite athlete in the NBA, but like Simons, you know, they're talking about the minutes that he played back to back and you're like, well, that shouldn't be anything, but maybe it is. And maybe that's why he sh- didn't shoot well. Right. In the, in the second of a back to back. And if you need those guys at their peak performances, um, you need, they do need to get rest. Right. And they can't be dependent on every time. And where's it going to come on this bench, even healthy? And you, you know, is that something you're worried about? They, they don't have a they don't have a microwave coming off the bench, right? They don't they don't no Vinny Johnson, no Vinny Johnson. There's no like you mentioned Norman Powell. There's this or even when, jo- when no Jamal had, Crawford, and, yeah, you know. or Gary Trent. Remember Trent was coming off the bench. Um, they don't really have that kind of guy, and. You would like Sharp to be that guy, but he's nineteen. So if if there was one but thing, but little I, little is supposed to be that guy, right? And, but little little's a shoot when you're wide open and put back, athletic guy. He's not a like I'm, you have to worry about me offensively guy. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. gonna shoot, I'm gonna pull up off the dribble, I'm gonna drive the lane, dunk on you, I'm gonna do a fadeaway jump shot. Like he's just not that kind of scorer. He can't score. But here's what's crazy: I was just looking this up while you were talking. I wrote a sidebar about him after the Pelicans game because he was six for eleven, <clears throat> fifteen points. 
Some critical minutes in that Pelicans win. Since then, 12 of 33 from the field for 34 total points. <laughs> and that's in like nine games. So he's falling off the map production-wise. And so, yeah, if you're if I'm getting 8 to 12, 13 from him a night, I'm feeling pretty good because during the stretch when they went 4-2 and two on the road, he gave you 12 once, 9, 6, 5, 15. You know, it's a couple good games in there. But if he's giving you nothing off the bench, then you're in trouble because you don't have very – many other guys who really can score consistently. So that's looking like a problem. I think they have a very good defensive bench because even with Winslow's coming off the bench, he gives you good defense. But again, you don't want him to be a focal point of the offense. So I think defensively, they have a good bench. Offensively, they need a dude. Like if if they don't make a major trade, I would like to see them just go get a guy who makes like eight to 10 million a year and all he does is score. Like isn't Jamal Crawford still? Isn't he? A, isn't he still a free agent? He still is, and you know, right now he could go out there and give you fifteen. It might oh, be. Hell on, yeah. It might be on five or fifteen, but he's going to give you fifteen. <laughs> that is. He playing long enough, he'll get you fifty. He's done it every team he ever played for. They lost most of those games, but you know, uh, he drove me. You know, the one thing I was looking yeah. at uh, that about their offense is something that we haven't talked a lot about with this Blazer team ever. And that's that playmaking. And I know assists is not the, you know, it's not the end all be all when it comes to, you know, how you're helping others score. But um, Dame averages seven assists a game, even with his points, he averaged seven assists a game. Simon average, Simon's average is 4.5 assists a game. Now he's playing, you know, upwards of 40 minutes and giving you four and a half assists a game. And, and I thought, Oh, maybe really low when, Dame, you know, when uh, Dame was playing and then he brought it up. Now, he had eight la- he's had eight assists twice, both losses, one way back in, against Memphis, and then last night against the Lakers. Right. Um, but without Dame, he's at five, six, five, six, four, and eight, like in this stretch. And there's not like there's someone else handing them out. So that's, you know, obviously the defensive end's the bigger story, but um, – it is something that when, you know, Simons is the point guard now on this team and five assists is, you know, 4.5 assists. That's too low for your, your, your starting point guard. I agree. So here's, here's what I'll say about this, because of course I'm defend and no matter what, of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so when Dame's playing, some of Dame's assists are coming from giving the ball to Ant. Ant's playing and three. Yeah. Ant's playing and he doesn't have, Dame to get assists off of. He doesn't have anyone really other than Grant. Now, and Dame has Grant, Grant as well. That said, I don't disagree with you because when you have a guard who's capable of lighting it up from three, that guy's going to shoot threes. He's not going to be looking like a Stockton or a Magic or Jason Kidd to, to be an assist guy to facilitate others. He's the other. He's facilitating right. scoring. He's passing it to himself. He should get an assist for that. That's probably what he's thinking. <laughs> okay? But I've always said this. Even when Lillard blew up back in the day, I was like, they will be, they would be a much better team if Dame was averaging 23 and 11 than 29 and 7. And I think history has shown that with point guards for the most part, other than the greatest scoring point guard ever, Steph, Steph Curry, right? So <laughs> <laughs> when you can distribute and get other people involved, you get a lot, usually you get a lot of good looks that way. Uh, a lot of layups and dunks if you're a point guard setting people up. They just don't play that way necessarily. They don't really have guys you set up for things like that other than Grant. But Grant's even playing on the perimeter. You know, Grant's one step deep and pulling up threes. 
You know, so and this is something Chauncey's talked about since he became the head coach. He wants paint touches. He wants the ball moving. He wants more assists. He doesn't want the quick trigger threes. But when you don't have a lot of scoring on your roster and Dame's out, if Ant doesn't shoot those threes, you're dead in the water anyway. But to your point overall, big picture, yes, it'd be much, they'd be a much better team if they were capable as a team, not just Ant, of him having eight to ten assists tonight, when, even when Lillard's out, than having five or four. Agree with you 100%. And I kind of get it from you know, Anthony's point of view, he's like, okay, I can take this three, which I know I can, you know, I think I can make, or I can throw it inside for a two footer from, uh, from my center. It's her kitchen. He'll probably airball it. You know? So he's like, what do I, what, what would you do? Right. I mean, he's like, I shoot, I'm going to get three for us. And I shoot, you know, close to 40%. I feel I can make 50%. He's shooting about that from two, two to five feet. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, and I, and I joke, but I do think, you know, NBA, you know, elite athletes have super confidence and they, they're they not immune to knowing that their center struggles close by. So when if it's if like when you had Shaq, you're like, well, he's going to dunk it. <laughs> I'll give it to him. Right. You know, yeah. you had and if you're but if you're Nurkic, you're like in your Simon, you're like, yeah. He might make it, but I, it's not a guarantee. So I'll shoot the three. Nurkis, every, I mean, we every laugh, game, but I, every game Nurkis has what, three or four where you're like, how did he not make that? He airballed the layup. Did you guys see that? Yeah. He airballed the layup. Maybe he didn't even. Maybe he got fouled, but he got called for a travel because he airballed the layup and they caught it. Right. <laughs> And that, that was bad, anyway. but it's not Nurkic's fault. This is uh, you've talked me out of that, so I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> he just he is, he is he is who he is. Know your personnel. All right, so real quick before we get to our no look pass, uh, Chris Haynes reported that Damian Lillard could be back Sunday against the Pacers. I haven't. Been Did you see his suit, man? He's looking good. I got to tell you. I, I, oh yeah, I, the Clippers Chris, game. Chris yeah, was he looking was, good. We talked. He was looking good. He really sharp. Um, but. No one on the Blazers would confirm that, which is pissing me off. Um, but so let's say he's back Sunday, which would make sense. That would be about two weeks. Uh, Gary Payton, still no word on him, still trying to work through, you know, figuring out the soreness. I mean, it, now it's getting to the point now where it's like, okay, we're 21 games into the or 22. Wait, yeah, 22 games into the season. We're a quarter of the way through. We haven't seen this guy. Uh, that's becoming an issue, I think when you're supposed to be back by the start of the season and it's 22 games later and you're still not back and there's no real clear explanation other than it's just continued soreness. And and you almost came back. You were at, you were at the cusp. Right. You know, they were they were talking. Something happened is right. what it's, the yeah. guess. The assumption is it's not just soreness or this or that because he was supposed to be beyond that. It might be reanimated so, or something. Who knows? Something, <clears throat> something so not great. They need, we're not doctors, but right. it's not great. <laughs> They need Dean, Dane back. And I think that's crazy. Like, we're talking about them losing 8 out of 10. I mean, they could easily, Dane comes back, Hart and Lillo get back in there, boom, they win at an 8 out of 10. That's what's crazy about the NBA. It happens all the time. We've seen it all the time. So this isn't, sky is completely falling. But they do not look good right now with or without Dane. So we'll see how things move on from here. There'll be plenty more to talk about. Big weekend, another back-to-back Utah Saturday. I'll be there for that. And then the Pacers on Sunday. So... You have a no look for us there, Thien? You know, you like how we call him Thien? 
Yeah, that's good. You know that's... You're cool when people call you by your last name. Thing. So for I, sure. Is it? I will say this though. I think it's an East Coast thing. We always call people either by nicknames or last names. Way more than the West Coast, and I lived in the South. That's just a thing. Like you know, people call me Bernie. You know, they they might call me. I have other nicknames. You know, yeah, keep going. No, Bernie? whatever. Bernie. For burn burn back. Yeah, like you call me Burn Bach. I I call myself Burn Back. But is it you know, back? It's, I say back. My brother says Bach. So I you know you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't carry the way. Obviously, I haven't torn your head off for that, and I, I tear it off for everything else. I thought else. I was doing it right. I thought I was Burn Bach. I thought we had a conversation <laughs> about this, and it was you know, My bad, Burn Back. No, I say Burn I, Back. But from yes, now. my brother. Uh, best line ever before we do this. My mom, you know, who uh, I lost not too long ago, but. Uh, greatest line ever people would say well your brother you know you know one son says burn bach the other one says burn back what do you say my mom would say i divorced that man and that name a long time ago i don't care how you say it (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome well what was your mom what did your mom go by though did she do you remember well my mom eventually she went and and she got remarried but she took that name off when no i know but what what, but uh, what she what was she how did she say people should say what she was? Oh, married? when we were growing, we were burn back. It was I mean, burn that's back. what my okay. you know. Is your brother yeah. just trying to be? But my brother was trying like, to sound more sophisticated by making it burn Bach. Yeah, okay. he's like the composer is Bach. I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're related. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, Craig, burn back. Let's go on to the no look from Thien. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys are so good. Let the record show that I had a pretty good one that you just talked about because you guys are just so insightful i was gonna ask which i love this producer (laughs) which which you're which are you more concerned about offensively the lack of ball movement you know ranking 23rd in assists or or turnovers and you guys already talked about that you're just that good um all right so i thought i'd get fun uh we talked about bench scoring what if i told you that there is an unsigned nba player who averaged 22 and a half points per game throughout an illustrious career and has a connection to both this team and its coach. Well, I don't think you're a liar, so I'd believe The Blazers you. should oh. bring back Carmelo Anthony. Oh, no. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> True That's or awesome. false? No. Yeah, no. No, it's... No, it's false. I don't think you... You know, what do you do when people get healthy, right? You cut him? You don't cut. You remember early in the season last year, Carmelo came out of the gate just killing it, and Laker fans were just talking all this trash. That's been Laker fans thought they were going to win the title with all this, this old man crew. And, and I tweeted something like how the, the Blazers saved his career. And I got some Blazer fans liked it, but Laker fans gave me some backlash and said how stupid the, the Blazers were for not keeping him. And I said he didn't fit what they do moving forward. And some fans were like, he fits anything. He's Carmelo Anthony, blah, blah, blah. And the bottom line is he's a hot, you know, he, he's when he's in, he's shooting. And it's going up, and bad shots be damn. And they don't want – Billups doesn't want a, a ball stopper who's going to be – now, if he's a spot-up three shooter and taking wide-open three, it's great because he shot 43% and 40 – wait, sorry. Yeah, 43% here, I think, something like that, from three. He was killing us. This is the best and three he did that, And he did do that. Yeah, I mean – And he did do that. So it's 39.9 during his time here. So that – I mean, yeah, you give me that guy. But the problem is he likes to go down the block – and do his little fadeaway spin like he's still young Carmelo. And his efficiency on those was not very good at all. And it's a wasted shot, really. It's a wasted possession. Plus, he doesn't play any defense at all. And it's only going to get worse since he's older. 
And so that's why they didn't want him. Because Billups, when I talked to Billups in the summer of when he got hired, he said, we want, you know, younger guys who can run in transition that we don't we need an old, you know, older players who are one dimensional. So, yeah, no to Carmelo all day. Yeah. And, and also, he's not coming to do this. I mean, he, at his age, he's a he thinks he's a final piece and maybe he would be. And I, no, I just want to say I've always been a I've always been a Carmelo defender. And um, and I'm a Nick fan. Uh, so uh, I just think that he is what he is. And when people say he wasn't a winner, that used to make me laugh. I'm like, he won a national title on his own, pretty much. And then he won multiple gold medals where the players like LeBron decided he was the go-to scorer on those teams. And he did. And at, and at times he was the best player in the Olympics because they chose that role. So when people say Carmelo's not a winner, and he took a team to a Western Conference final that, you know, wasn't when he was young with Denver. Um, I'm always like, so is Damian Lillard a loser? Because he didn't win a national title at Weber. Listen. He didn't win an NBA title. Like, where do you define these things? Yeah, He's a Hall of Fame basketball player who can score and can score like very few have ever done in the NBA. Um, and that's it. Like, stop stop hating on Carmelo Anthony to me. My, my thing with Carmelo, and I wanted Carmelo to come to Chicago. Remember that summer? Although I was pissed that, that the Bulls put like a big giant – banner on the on the stadium of him I, I think went over the top with it but i wanted him there because he's a dominant scorer there's no doubt i think the knock against him is when you start comparing up like if you compare it to his to people at his level or below he's amazing yeah. but you, you compare up to kobe jordan lebron yeah. magic like he was never quite in that at that level and part of the reason was he didn't really make his teammates better i think that's true he was a little bit of a ball hog in certain situations where you're like that was a questionable decision or a questionable shot but his volume was so great it kind of was forgiven i think he could have been better in that respect but there's no doubt he's a hall of fame great player he just needed he and and like anyone else he needed another dude with him like everyone who's quote unquote winner had dudes with them carmelo never really had another dude with him right right and he still and he still did amazing things when he had dudes with him he dominated the olympics (laughs) you know like that I mean, we all would have, yeah, but exactly. you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying they knew. Yeah. they res- the, the guys we're talking I, about respected his talent. Respected him enough. Right, exactly. LeBron and Kobe did. So, yeah, I, I think he, he's, he's an amazing player, but not now. And he was the first guy, not the first guy ever, but in this group of NBA players, he 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 forced himself out. And the the thing that's just, that makes me angrier about that is he actually, as opposed to like LaMarcus – who said, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. Maybe I'm coming back. I think I'm coming back. I'm gone. (laughs) And the Blazers got nothing. Carmelo said, hey, Denver, I'm not coming back. You should trade me and get stuff. (laughs) And then he got, he, he, you know, he was, um, you know, villainized for it. And then afterward, LeBron just left (laughs) Cleveland and I'm just saying, they got stuff from the you know the Knicks. They got stuff. So in a way, he you know he did them right because he told them years in you know a year in advance, like, hey, you should trade me because I'm not going to resign. So either trade me or lose me for nothing. And other people don't do that. Lost for nothing. Yeah. And this isn't a Carmelo. You know, I'm not like you know I don't have Carmelo posters. He didn't win a title for the Knicks. Yeah, you got, I just it sounds like mad. it sounds like you have Carmelo jammies though. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, my my son last night got mad at me because you know he's five. We still put him down in the bed, and I don't have jammies, right? I got sh- I got a shorts and a sweatshirt, and he's like, I don't like sleeping with you because you don't have jammies. He's like, Mama, you're not comfortable. I'm like. I'm from Jersey. We don't do jammies. I don't even. I say, you know, I say, but I say pajamas, right? I don't pajamas. have jammies. You know, like I don't think I had jammies when I was eight. I'm like, <laughs> okay. my mom gave me a regular size, a regular size kid shirt for me. That's that was is long. This, is this what we call digressing? Yeah, let's end this thing. What have I, I done? He's like, I just asked a simple question. Anyway, I think we agree on, on Carmelo's legacy and impact, but uh, no, not not a good fit. Uh, okay. Anything else you got before I, I shut this thing no, down? I got to be quiet you now. Be... You basically told me both. You both told me stop. You stop. were getting passionate, man. It was like if, if someone had said something bad about Billy Jean and I ran under Michael Jackson ran or something. Okay. Um, anyway, I think the Blazers are going to turn around and get Dane back, at least get back to being solid, if not great again. The nine and three thing was a little bit of a, not a fluke, but they had some close games in there. They pulled out, even Chauncey said that they're going to be better, but not, not as great as they were when they were nine and three and not as bad as they are now for sure. So we will get back in next week and talk about that. Hopefully when Dane comes back this weekend, hopefully he does, but that all said, thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus podcast supported by Zoom Care beyond better healthcare. Be sure to leave us a five-star review in the Apple Podcast, tell a friend. It really helps people find the show and smash that subscribe button so you don't miss our next episode. Have a great weekend.